The views and opinions expressed on this show are not meant to be used as medical advice. Consult your doctor before implementing any health or exercise changes. The Fire Within encourages you to do your own research and aims to spark interest and motivation to a healthier lifestyle. The Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within community. This is the Fire Within podcast, where we talk about all things health, fitness, and nutrition related. I'm your host, Brandon, with my co-host, Joe. Hello. Today, I'm introducing our guest, Brandon, from Dark Horse Performance. It's a great first name, Brandon. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Lo- love my business. Love the name. Uh, the name is actually derived from my high school mascot, so I kind of went back you know, to my roots from to where I'm from and brought that name out, and now I'm hoping to um, get my message and my my emphasis of fitness and nutrition out to as many people as possible. It's an epic name. This is the epic name show. We got fire within dark horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we were talking about Cobra Kai. And Cobra Kai. What, yeah. what was yeah. it? Eagle Fang? Eagle Fang. <laughs> yeah. That's what Johnny named his karate studio. Eagle Fang. <laughs> Eagle Fang. A lot, lot of machismo this morning. A lot, lot of machismo. Mm-hmm. That's Need two awesome words. And smash them together. We got a name. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there used to be these uh, simulators where it would auto-generate a name for you. I used to do, if you were in a rock band, what would your band name be? And it would come out like the edible tumbleweeds or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, all, it's always like the color of the last shirt you wore and like your third grade teacher's last name or something yeah, crazy like something that. Something like that. Yeah, the Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang Clan has one, a name generator. <laughs> and that's how Childish Gambino, that's how Childish Gambino got his name into. Can we pull this up? Yeah, all right. So Brandon Woolley, as your Wu-Tang name generator is break yourself important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might as well shout out. My brother does music production and does some pretty cool stuff with mixing boards and his name is Breaker. Breaker. So how appropriate that yeah. we would both end up with that. I'll have to send him this episode. I put in Dark Horse and I got Wanderer Deafening. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. How about you, Joe? What do you get? No, I, didn't, I didn't even think you me. <laughs> All right, here we go. Ninja Speedy. <laughs> <laughs> Even my Wu-Tang name sounds a little lame. <laughs> well, it's better than Ninja Speedo. True, very true, very true, very Nothing true. Looks- the joke that you got to put at the end of it, that's the name of your sex tape, so mine doesn't bode well. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Brooklyn. No, I'm there, that. and it's fast. It's <laughs> Ninja Speedy. <laughs> wow, we're off the rails. Yeah. Uh, What's was-, was that an Irish coffee? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I, have, I'm, I haven't been drinking because we're on this crazy workout plan that Brandon's got us on, and I figured I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to not drink, so I haven't had a drink in six six weeks or so. It's, yeah, it's been good. And I joined him on that. We we started speaking of name mashups. Uh, we're writing Tempered Steel. Yeah, that's Ooh. another good one too. Which, epic, which is our strength training program, and then we're going to have a more catered one specific to a six week health transformation challenge. I'm really excited. It's going to be called the uh, Redemption Health Challenge. So more information on that to come. But anyway, let's get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling us a little bit about the background of your name, uh, Dark Horse. And so is that kind of like an underdog theme? Yes. Yes. If you go to my website, darkhorseperformance.biz, the very first thing that pops up is the Dark Horse mentality. And basically that's exactly what it is. It's a draw off of an underdog. Even when Maybe things are stacked against you, even when on paper you may not be the the champ or the one that's chosen to be victorious. You figure out a way to make it happen, a little bit of grunt work, a lot of focus and concentration, and you're able to 
to pull out the win or pull out the victory. That's like a dark horse. Is there a particular uh, time in your life where you feel like you've emerged as this dark horse? Yeah, actually, quite frankly, a lot of my life, probably most notably, whenever I was hired at a fire department, I was doing volunteer work while I was working at a plumbing company. And it took me probably four or five years of applying to full-time departments before I actually got hired. And whenever I got hired, I was one of, I still remember when I went to take my agility test. So this was with the city of Fayetteville, which I was fortunate enough to work for about 11 years. And when I went to take my agility test, I was like applicant number, like, I don't, it was like 347 or something like that. Like, and I think they were hiring for 25 spots. Yeah. Statistically speaking, not a, <laughs> not exactly a knock it out of the park percentage wise, but somehow, um, luck of the draw, I guess the good Lord took care of me. And I was able to, uh, I was able to get the job, get hired, get picked up. Also in terms of training, taller, longer limb guys, right? It's all, it's often assumed that they're just going to be skinny their whole life. And It's more difficult for them to pack on muscle and be, have a physically dominating presence just because of the way they're built. We got long, lanky limbs and things like that. Uh, So I just kind of, I'm just kind of trying my best to dispel all of that. And is it going to be a little more difficult? Yeah, sure. But certainly not impossible. People have done it. I'm trying to do it currently. Yeah. Just again, I never really, I don't have any crazy special genetics. My mom and dad worked very hard, but they were never athletically inclined. So none of this is genetically ingrained in me. I didn't have like my, I didn't have anyone in my family who had started their own business. I didn't have like, I don't have any exposure to any of this. So now I'm trying to do the business end of things as well. And again, it's just the same idea. It's like a me against the world type of mentality. So I'm enjoying it though. What are the criteria to get into the fire department? I know it's like this crazy amount of studying and classes and And then what are the physical requirements as well? Yeah, with most municipal departments like a Fayetteville, a Raleigh, a Cary, pretty much any municipality, they're going to have a fire academy. So you don't, a common myth is you need prior experience before working there. You actually don't. They will send you to a, it's roughly four month fire academy and they'll give you all the training you need for that. In terms of the requirements just to apply, you have to have a clean criminal background. You have to have a valid driver's license. And honestly, aside from that, you just have to show up on time on testing day and let the rest to its course. You'll have a written exam, a physical agility test, and then you do an interview with higher ups in the department, usually battalion chief, lieutenants, officers, captain, that type of thing. Yeah. Now I've trained a couple of firefighters to help them for the PT <sighs> test. And back then, this would have been 2016, some of the components were they had to drag this dummy that weighed mm-hmm. like oh, what, 135, how, much, how heavy is it? Uh, it's 135 pounds. 135 pound dummy. That's like um, a heavy bag, right? Or yeah. Heavier. I think it's heavy. Like my heavy bag, I think is only 100 pounds. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. It's, it's funny because the dummy dragon, a lot of the agility test is, is 135. And yeah, that's I, our average weight in America. Sure. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that was, yeah, that's what I was getting ready to get to is it's almost laughable because they may have been that in middle school, but they're not going to be that right now. You so know what I, mean? I wonder why that was decided as the dummy weight. I real, I have no <laughs> Maybe idea. Maybe it was a long time ago when that was closer to what we weighed as yeah. Americans. <laughs> so, so you got the dummy drag. What else do you have? So a ladder raise. We have a stair climb. And all of this is done with either the guys on shift, the guys who are currently hired, come and do this once a year. But for the candidates, the people who are applying to get on the department, they will do this with a 50-pound weighted vest on. So we have a dummy drag, and this isn't in the exact order, but this is just off the top of my head. It's a dummy drag. It is a stair climb. I think it's three flight or three stories of a building of a stair climb. You will have also a ladder raise, and you will have a a hose pull. So you basically have to 
pull, stand, stand in a half kneeling position and then drag or pull a hose. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. So that's the BT part. And, and I found that people who do this, they don't like dabble in it. It's like they're all in. Oh, yeah. They're fanatical. It, yeah. It's, it's that yeah. type of career, though, because you can't really. I was super passionate about that. And I only gave that career up for one reason. That was because my kids, my family, but um, it is not a career that you are lukewarm about because you're literally, people are calling you during the worst moment of their life. It's a very high stress, very extreme type of thing. So you can't really have a a half-hearted approach to it because you're not going to be able to deliver a high level of service to those people. Plus the pay is what the pay is. Great benefits. The pay isn't that great, but I don't think anybody <laughs> has Does the illusion. The I don't think anybody has the illusion of being joining the fire department or any public safety to become rich. Yeah. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a thing. Now, do you have any particular anecdotes of just some crazy calls you've been on that'd be interesting? Man, honestly, I'm not going to name like specific calls or anything like that, but it is a very wide roller coaster of emotions. I was fortunate. I was at one of the busier houses. I was at a station five right off of Owen drive and we were one of the busier houses in the city and <laughs> you just get the full spectrum of emotions from extreme joy, lots of happiness, lots of positive vibes type of thing to complete loneliness, despair, sadness. You get your high adrenaline calls. You get your run of the mill calls that are less than exciting fire alarm activations and that type of thing. It's like a roller coaster of emotions. So you got to learn to be emotionally mature and weather all of that. Yeah. So it, it asks a lot of you. It, it really does. So hats off to any man or woman who's still doing that job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, were you still working in that when 9-11 and all that kind of stuff was going on? Were you, were you working at that time? No, no I, was in, I was in college at that time. Yeah. I was at ECU. Another alum. Purple and gold. Purple and That's gold. That's right. Cool. Yeah, um, no, I was in, I was in college at, during 9-11. But I, do rem- I still remember that morning, though. Definitely some brave guys. Yeah, for and sure. Girls. For sure, yeah. Now, you've got a podcast Yes. Um, which I listened to the first couple of episodes are awesome. Thank you, man. Honestly, thank you for that. That's a huge compliment from, from someone like yourself. Again, running a successful business. That's great to hear. Thank you so much. And pro- tell us a little bit about the first couple of episodes, the premise of the show, what it's going to evolve into. The, the whole reason I started it is because I love talking shop. I love talking nutrition, training, that type of thing. And it's a great way to get my message out. There's a lot of misinformation in the fitness industry. And I'm trying my best to cut down on that and give people like the meat and potatoes, so to speak, like really what do you need specifically? What can you use? Information is valuable to you that you can actually implement instead of a bunch of trendy things or some things that I can make money on or something like that. I'm just trying to get the main message out there. And for me, my main message is um, trained to be strong. Yeah. Truly, if, if you don't know if you should drop weight or build muscle or you don't really know what to do, just train to be strong. There's literally no negative in being strong. Yeah, so. that's true. And it is going to facilitate both goals. The more lean muscle tissue you have, the higher your metabolic rate is and the more fat you burn during the day. Right. That's right. So that's if you're right. getting stronger, you're probably adding some muscle that's or at right. least working on muscle recruitment patterns that are faster, more efficient. Yes. Um, and it can make a big difference. Yeah. And I'm trying to keep the episodes to 20 to 25 minutes, keep them a little bit shorter so people can listen to it on their way to work or on the way to run an errand or or what have you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that first one was about basic training principles. Let's just highlight a couple of things they can listen for on that episode. Okay. Yeah. So the first episode was basically all about the fundamental movement patterns, a squat, a hinge, a push, a pull, a loaded carry, and yeah. a lunge. 
Yeah. So, and that truthfully, you can write a program just based off of those movement patterns. Literally just find any exercise that allows you to do those movement patterns and just do them. You don't even really have to have any you know, highly specialized information or anything. Uh, again, f- for just starting out at least. Right. You can, as long as you got good form. And yeah, you know that's doing. right. That's right. You can get a pretty comprehensive program just from doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's give an example of each of those movements. Let's start with the uh, squat. Okay. Um, now, so, let's say somebody has bad knees and they're like, dude, I can't squat. Yes, I love that. Yep. I love that. I love box squatting. That is probably, I don't have bad knees at all, but that's probably my favorite variation of a squat. And in within a box squat, you can barbell, you know, with box, box squat with a barbell. You could do a kettlebell goblet squat to a box or a box squat with a, with a you know, kettlebell. The, the reason why I love a box squat as opposed to just a free squat is because it allows you a more vertical shin angle, right? So it takes a ton of stress off the knees. I'm not, I don't want, I don't want this to be taken out of context. There's absolutely nothing wrong with putting your knees over your toes. I'm simply saying if you're someone who has knee issues, if you're maximally loading a bar on your back, that probably isn't going to be the best idea. You want to save that for a lunge or like a reverse lunge or something, or even a squat with lighter loads, yeah. right? You don't want to maximally load yourself and then get into a position where you're already in a deficit from the get-go. That's probably not a smart idea, right? So those that don't know what a box squat is, you either have a training box or a bench behind you. And some of the ben- other benefits of that is it gives you the safety in knowing you're not going to fall backwards, especially if you're new to proper squat form and you feel a little unbalanced at the beginning, it gives you the confidence and the ability to squat a little bit lower because sometimes your psyche will stop you because you think you're going to fall. But if you have the safety of that box or that bench behind you, if you fall, you're going to go about two inches and land sitting down. So I think that's a really cool tool for beginners. And a lot of times I'll use that to teach a proper squat hinge. Yep. Um, yep. So it's, that's great. It's um, it's also great for intermediate and even advanced trainees because if you do it correctly, when you sit back, you are actually sitting on the box, but you're not losing tension in the lower body. And you get a nice breakup between the eccentric and the concentric, right? So you have to produce force from a static position, right? Yeah. The, the bar stops and you have to get it traveling again. And we know just from science that once you get something moving, it's much easier to keep it moving. Right. Well, the box squat works off of that premise. If you stop that barbell, now you have to get it moving again. That requires quite a bit more force and strength from you to do that. So I, I, I love it. I love it for a number of reasons. Really. Yeah. All right. So now let's do a, a hinge pattern, more posterior driven. So hinge is going to be a deadlift. I, I just love deadlifting. I love deadlifting heavy. I know that's I know that's a stereotypical meathead type of thing, but I just... If it's done right. Correct. Yes. If it's done right. Yeah. I love deadlifting. If you can't deadlift RDL, if you can't RDL, do a hip thrust variation. If you can't do a hip thrust variation, do a glute bridge variation. And and for anyone who doesn't know really what I'm talking about, you can a quick Google search, truthfully, we'll pull up all of these movement patterns, but uh, yeah, find a way to hip hinge. Uh, Hip hinge is going to engage your glutes, your hamstrings, all the, all the muscles on your posterior chain, and it's probably your best bet to just overall longevity. Again, like you said, assuming you're doing it with correct technique and mechanics, because almost everything we do is anterior dominant. So people will have super strong quads, but their quad to hamstring strength ratio is way off. They'll have super strong quads, but you, you'll have them try to sit back into a proper squat, and they can't do it right. They can't get low enough just because of the hamstrings are so weak. I see a lot of people, they, they have a hard time understanding the, the mechanics of even the hip hinge. 
And it takes, and sometimes it's really tight hamstrings. Yes. But we try and have them push their hips back. It'll move like two inches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's where that box can also help. Hey, touch the back of your knees to this right. bench without yep. moving your feet. And that right. might be a good cueing technique. So we got a squat, we got a hinge. Let's do a push next. So a push, a lot of people would probably guess bench press because again, that, that's like the stereotypical thing. But honestly, uh, I really enjoy weighted push-up variations. I love those because I, it's not, I don't have anything against the bench press. I currently bench press. I program bench presses. I'm just saying in terms of longevity and honestly, in terms of just overall feeling strong, being able to do a push-up, deficit push-ups, weighted push-ups, push-ups where you remove a base of stability somehow, be it a foot in the air, what have you. You're still able to push horizontally and exert force, but a push-up is going to allow the shoulder blades to move freely in the back versus a bench press where you would want to pin your shoulders down and back to create, again, a base of stability. Again, nothing wrong with that. It's just most people need to get the shoulder blades moving, right? They need to get them moving because they probably aren't moving all day long, especially if you're sitting in a chair typing a bunch and things like that. Shoulder blades aren't going to move at all. So we need to get some movement into the shoulder blades to facilitate a healthier shoulder. So I prefer weighted push-up variations. Again, I, I bench press, I program it, nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying every now and again, throw in some weighted push-ups and you'd be surprised at what, one, how challenging they are. Because everybody, yeah. everybody assumes, especially if you've been lifting for a little while, everybody assumes push-ups is like a day one type of thing. But if they're programmed correctly, you'd be surprised at how demanding they can be. Yeah. And you could also emphasize what muscles are actually activating. I think a lot of people are tricep dominant. Yes. Uh, but if you get that squeeze of the elbows towards the center and you're really trying to use the chest to get yourself off the floor, if you're used to doing a hundred, you may only do 30. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That could be very eye opening. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you guys, the, as trainers, I was just looking at your Instagram, Dark Horse Performance, mm -hmm. and I featured one of your reels on, on Brandon. So if you guys want to go check it out, but you're oh. lifting a crazy amount of weight and you are, uh, <laughs> and then it just says lifting should be fun. You get it up and then you smile. It's a deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Not something people normally think of. Do you guys think that a lot of people's problem or resistance with strength training is like a coach would tell a team that's not doing so good? It's, I want to have fun. And you're like, then you should win. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you think, it, like, kind of what you guys are saying? saying if you can't really do 10 push-ups aren't fun but if you start to progress and now you you used to only be able to do 10 but now you can do 25 you can't right. be like hey what look at how many push-ups i can do you know? right yeah 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 <laughs> it is fun to progress yeah uh, and i always program progression for myself for my clients for any anywhere but no i think that's a good point joe i think um, a lot of people just see somebody doing something crazy like one of those things where they're or you go to the gym and everybody's lifting way more weight than you and you're like yeah. oh, i suck <laughs> the thing that people love to put, and I do it too, is it's business is a promotional type of thing, but people love to see the the big lift with all the weight. But what they don't see you is- You put like chains in the middle. You're like, yeah, yeah there was yeah. two eagles on the outside. I thought that was, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how you got them to pose, but that was pretty cool. <laughs> eagle fang. <laughs> eagle fang. So, uh, <laughs> no, people see the, the big lift, but they didn't see the lifts that I had to build to work up to that. People didn't see the, the constant attention to detail with, hey, are my hamstrings on tension before I even start to pull? Are my hamstrings on tension? Is the bar over midfoot? Do I have tension in my back? Am I breathing and bracing properly? There's a lot you yeah. know, that goes into it. And the same thing in like other gyms. If you go in and you see the guy or girl who's just lifting massive weight and everybody's clapping and they're posting it to social media, 
I promise you that is not the first rep. <laughs> I can assure you that is not their first rep. So it's wake up, spit on their hands. Yeah, it doesn't go. <laughs> yeah, if, if it went down like that, would be Eat an awesome life. <laughs> first try. Yeah, that would be a cool life, but unfortunately, yeah. it's just not, not how it works. Yeah. Uh, now you mentioned the chains. I think that's a cool training technique. I haven't had a chance to experience that, but I understand the principle. Mm-hmm. So if you put chains on the end of the barbell, what happens, especially if it's a heavy chain, the further you press the barbell up or come up out of a squat, the more of those links come off the ground. Correct. And so, so it gets heavier and heavier as you get to the peak contraction right. of the lift. Right. Kind of like bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot like bands. Accommodating resistance is, uh, is, is what it's called. And it's a very, um, it's an interesting concept. It's a, in my opinion, it's an unsung hero of training as you get older because it allows you to overload any movement pattern in your strongest point of the movement pattern. Yeah. Right, so let, let, let's say we throw a set of chains on a bench press. Chains are about, or at least the ones I have, about 20 pounds each. So if we put two on each side, that's 80 pounds extra. When we unrack the bar, we're holding the extra 80 pounds of chain. What it, it doesn't even matter what weight we have on the bar. It's plus 80 at right. that point. So as we come down with the barbell, we know that the links of the chain are going to pile up on the floor, right? So there's less and less chain weight on the bar. So you might have 80 at the top. At the bottom, you may have um, whatever it would be, 30, 25, maybe. Right. So the reason that's important is because at the bottom of a bench press, that's your least stable position, and it's, posi- and it's the position you're most likely to sustain an injury. Yep. So we, we don't necessarily have to overload that position, but what we want to do, we can still build strength this way, is as you press that bar back up, the links are coming off the floor, off the floor, so now you go your 25 pounds or so, at the bottom, maybe it's 30, 35, 40, 45 as you press the bar up. Yeah. And again, you're able to overload at your strongest position, which is the lockout. Yeah. So it can do it can go a long way in training longevity. And it's just a great way to overload without just putting more plates on the bar, which I'm all for, by the way. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm just saying it's just an extra option you have. You don't have to only put more weight on the bar. You can overload different parts of the movement as well. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a neat technique. Um, and I love changing it up and finding other ways to break through plateaus and, and get different parts of the lift stronger. So that yeah. might be something fun for people to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure, yeah. You can use bands as well. If you have, a lot of people may, may or may not have the setup, but if you have a rack that has band pegs, you can set up with bands as well. The only thing I'll caution about with bands is you really change to, to also to an extent, but especially with bands, you got to make sure your technique is as close to flawless as it can get because the bands are just brutal because when you lock out with a band, when you go to do the eccentric, it's literally trying to just slingshot. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So you gotta be really, again, everything has to be locked in. Might be a more advanced technique. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And you don't want to, don't use them too much. I I know I've posted a couple of, I made a few posts with me using chains. You you don't want to do it like, you know, every single training session cycle yeah. just like anything else cycle it in for a little while use them cycle them out yeah yeah we built uh the first month of, of the tempered steel program week one's all about isometric ladders oh yeah so you're gonna be holding the hardest part for an additional second every t- single rep that's a lot of fun yeah lots of fun <laughs> yeah week two we're doing five second eccentrics week three we're doing five second concentrics yeah uh, yeah week four is challenge week and it just gets bananas and then we sp- we changed the split in month two, month three, something completely different. So it'll be a 12 week, uh, fun program. That's a, yeah. That sounds great, man. Yeah. That's great. 
Yeah. We got an app, excuse me, an app that's going to launch as well. So we'll be able to house everything there, step-by-step video. It's going to be amazing. That's um, awesome, dude. So we're That's big excited. time, man. Look at you. Yeah, yeah. It'll be in the Apple store, the uh, Android store. So I'm just stoked, but it's been an unbelievable amount of work. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine, man. Yeah. Now, we talked about push uh, a little bit. Let's talk about pull. Okay, so pull, I love a weighted chin up. That's my fa- that's my favorite pull exercise. Um, if you wanna if you wanna break I'm it down, I'm not even sure I could do one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from yesterday's workout. Does shoes count as weight? <laughs> I do those all the time. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you wanted to break it down to a horizontal pull, I love overloading just a, a basic inverted row. Truly, put a weight plate on you, uh, drape a chain across your waist. Since we just talked about chains, and and just pull chest to bar. Yeah. Um, barbell rows barbell bent over rows they're okay but again you really kind of need to be super proficient at getting the low back set correctly make sure you got a proper hinge going before you even worry about trying to do a a barbell bent row great exercise but again under certain conditions we there's just other things we can do to get the same training effect that are way less dangerous for our back i don't program that too often yeah and and i have to say of every exercise that's the one that makes me the most angsty while doing it yeah like i hate this i hate this i want this set to be over this is dumb because if you let go of your core or glutes for one second that's all it takes you're putting all that pressure on the low back yeah um and most people i think load the bar too heavy and they're only half repping it the elbows aren't extending past the midline right but it is a good exercise yeah yeah again context is everything if someone can get into the proper position before before they begin the movement then that's you know that's key Hey, Fire Within Nation, has this ever happened to you? You go online to find a quick recipe for mashed potatoes, but first you have to hear about Grandfather's Farm in 1929. When I was a boy. <laughs> the first time you had a potato, and like six and a half chapters later, you get to the ingredient list. Tasted like dirt. Drives me nuts. So me and Joe have worked to solve that issue for you. If you head to firewithinnf.com and check out the recipe section, healthy recipes, following the Fire Within way. And it's just the recipe, no blog, you're welcome. You'll find recipes like steak chimichurri. There's a bananas foster smoothie recipe. There's a sourdough French toast. Lots of healthy things. Make your own ranch dip and, and tons more. So head to firewithinnf.com. Check out the recipe section and enjoy. Have you ever felt like you were just throwing weights around like an idiot at the gym, hoping to see some results? or after weeks or months of working out, notice that the scale just isn't moving? You wouldn't cook without a recipe. So why would you train or start a weight loss program like the Swedish chef randomly throwing ingredients into a pot? You need a sustainable plan that's science-based and attainable. Fire Within has worked with thousands of clients and helped them reach their goals. So visit firewithinnf.com today. Get yourself the free ebook. Read the testimonials and choose a service that works for you. Choose from services like one-on-one nutrition coaching, one-on-one personal training, and more. Again, that's firewithinnf.com. Going back to an inverted row. So those who don't know this torturous uh, method, I'm just kidding. My clients hate them, but I make them do it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So you take a barbell and you set the pegs approximately maybe where you do a bench press or something. The lower to the ground the bar is set, the more of your weight you're pulling up. 
like a TRX setup. So the, you know, the closer your feet are to the machine or anchor point, the harder it's going to be. With this, if you lower the bar, it becomes more difficult. Your hands are underneath, the bar is over your chest, and you're squeezing your shoulder blades to lift your chest towards the bar, but your feet are still on the ground. So it's basically an, an assisted pull-up just with a different angle on the back. And yep. it is a great exercise to build your strength up to eventually get to a full pull-up. Yes. And also a couple of ways you can, if, so if you do these, again, the, the way you described with your feet on the floor, if you're able to knock out 15 or 20, then, you know, do them with your legs straight. So your heels are on the floor, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah. So extending your heels as opposed to knees bent. Yep. yep. Kind, and kind then, of like progressing a bridge. Yeah, that's exactly. And then after that, you can just, you can either elevate one of those legs to make it more challenging. Yeah, obviously, you would want to alternate the other as well. Yeah. Uh, but then you can also just elevate both of them, put them both up on a bench or something, and that makes it way, way more demanding. Because then at that point, you've got majority of your body weight. Right. You know, so on that you. does the equivalent of lowering the bar. Correct. And then if you're perfectly horizontal and your feet are in line with your close to with the bar, that's maximum amount of your body weight uh, with feet still in contact with the ground yeah. that you can get. Yeah, it's also important to make sure, uh, again, like with any exercise, make sure we focus on mechanics. So a lot of people, when they do really any pulling exercise, especially a chin-up and an inverted row, they'll just pull with their arms, right? So they'll just do this. But what you really want to make sure you do is take your shoulder blades, and the very first thing you want to do is retract them and try to squeeze them together and then finish the movement with the arms. Because, right. because otherwise your arms are get, and your grip are going to give out way sooner than your back will because it's just bigger musculature in your back than there is are in your arms. Exactly. So and a, a not, lot of people will give out with that and then they're like, well, I didn't even feel it in my back. Well, yeah, yeah, it's because your arms did everything, right, which yeah. wasn't the intended muscle group. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think that happens with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so next was a, we did push pull, we did hinge squat. Lunge. So I love step ups, step ups or reverse lunges with the front foot elevated. Awesome, awesome hamstring and glute builder and super safe for the knees. Uh, again, with the knees, I know every, I know most common areas of, of pain are, are going to be shoulder, low back and knee. That's like the three biggest ones, right? Almost everyone, some people have all three of them, but almost everyone has one of those issues happening at any given moment. Reverse lunging. Awesome, awesome super safe for the knees. Again, it just allows for a more vertical shin angle. It takes a lot of stress off the anterior of the knee. So yeah, I would I have to go with either a reverse lunge with the front foot elevated or a step up. Step yeah. step ups are ultra, I hate to use this word, this is so corny, but step ups are ultra functional because yeah. you, you literally, everybody climbs stairs. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it hits a similar amount of muscle groups as a deadlift. So if people yeah. have lumbar issues or something, you can get a lot of the same benefits, especially if you pull through the other leg into 90 degrees of hip flexion and squeeze yeah. the balance leg glute. Yeah. I mean, you're getting on top of all the benefits of a squat, a deadlift, a step up. You're also getting balance and the ankle, knees, hips, the foot, you're increasing the stability of those joints. You're training yep. that. So I think step ups are awesome. Yeah, and you can vary them so much. You can you can hold a dumbbell on one side. You can hold two dumbbells. You can hold kettlebells in the front rack. You can hold double overhead, single overhead. There's Statue Liberty. so many yeah. different ways to vary that exercise. Yeah. Now, let's talk about why somebody would only weight one side. The intended purpose of only weighting one side is going to be to, number one, to challenge the core. But also, you what you can do is, so is ipsilateral, contralateral. So let's take that step up, for example. So ipsilateral j just means you're on the same side as the working leg. And I, I know I'm trying to, for yep. everyone listening. So if you have the work, say I'm doing step ups with my right leg, 
if I have the weight on my right side, that's going to put an even greater demand on my right leg and my right hip versus if I have the weight on my left side, my core is going to be challenged to maintain that balance because now if I have the weight on my left and my right is lunging, obviously my trunk is trying to flex towards my left because that's where the weight right. is. Yeah. Right? So it's just, it incorporates a lot more balance. And it, it's also, in my opinion, it's a great way to overload. If you do ipsilateral, which is same side as a working leg, it's a great way to overload because yeah. it adds quite a bit more stress, right? To what you're currently doing, but you don't, but it does so safely. Like not, not to the, no one really, no one really gets hurt doing step ups. You know what yeah. I mean? It's super yeah. safe. And it's exercise. not like you're going to grab a 90 pound dumbbell and go do right. ipsilateral yeah. step yeah. ups. No, you, no one does a one you can control. Yeah. No one does a one RM of a step up. Like that's not really a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't really do that. So I, I feel like offset loading or loading only one side at a time, regardless of how you decide to do it. Same side as the working side or opposite side as the working side. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like that's, I feel like that doesn't get enough attention as it should, especially in terms of performance. Yeah. Uh, names, name of my company's dark horse performance. So we need to be able to perform. It's, it's, it's yeah. perfectly fine to look great and to be strong, but if you can't really perform at least a basic level, there's some issues, right? There's some flaws yeah. in what we're doing. Yeah. So to summarize the whole only waiting one side, you're getting more activation of the core, the obliques balance. It's a different way to overload. And one other thing, I, I know people shy away from the world word functional with training now. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like the, the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. But uh, it's still important <laughs> because there's very, there's very, it's very rare that you're going to be completely evenly loaded when you do something in a real life scenario, like being a firefighter. That's exactly right. So oftentimes there is going to be one side that has more weight than the other. If you're carrying groceries, if you're helping somebody move there, yep. you're not going to be able to get an, an equal distribution of how right. much couch you're carrying from the left and right arm, especially when you're turning it at funky angles, getting through the doorway, anything goes. Right. That's right. So when we're training, a lot of the times we have this perfect scenario of complete equal weight. We got push pull, we got hinge, we got squat, we got lunge. Was there one more? Carry. Oh, I love carries. I Espe love carries. Especially as your background as a firefighter. Yes. I, yes. I had my firefighters carrying all kinds of nonsense overhead, underhead, up the oh, stairs. Oh yeah, yeah. It. So if I had to pick a every like the every, I love questions, but people are like, oh, if you had if you could only do one exercise for the rest of your life, what would it be? As much as I would love to say deadlift, as much as I would love to say that, I feel like I'm cheating on my deadlift, but it would have to, I would have to say loaded carry if I could only do one. Yeah. And that's because again, no one gets hurt doing a loaded carry. It's super hard to get hurt doing Cause literally if you get in trouble or you get in a situation, you know, you just drop it. Yeah. You know, like it's not going right. to, the chances of you getting injured there are super low, but the carryover, everything is getting worked. Lower body, upper body, core. Dynamic. So you're Very. getting dynamic stabilization and core work. Yeah. Every time you take a step, your body has to find a way to stabilize and, and get ready, prepare for the next step. Yeah. So, And then for our listeners, uh, a loaded carry could be as simple as picking up two heavy ass objects and milling about. But... Our form is under scrutiny. So I, I always have my clients, especially if it's an ipsilateral or just single side loaded carry, I tell them I want both your shoulder blades to look exactly the same as if they're both holding the same weight. Yep. So I want the core tight. And in every step you take, you're trying to keep that perfect posture. You're not just slumping over and letting the weight jerk you back and forth. That's right. That's right. And also sneaky little little side note here for all, all the guys or, or girls wanting to build big arms. If you want to work your biceps, you would be surprised at what a front-loaded carry can do to your biceps and to your arm development. It, that, is, it is unreal, tr I mean, truly, because every single step you take, it is like a, it's like a micro contraction. Yeah, of the bicep. yeah, yeah. It's like a small contraction of the bicep every time you take a step. So if you're walking 50 feet, 75 feet, 
you, you can imagine how many contractions you're getting there. Yeah. And that time under tension, just holding and, and walking around. So even without that dynamic challenge of taking a step, getting that micro contraction, but the whole time you're under tension with this loaded carry, it's like a, if you can last 30 seconds, it's a 30 second full out isometric contraction. Right. That's right. And um, the, the training economy from a loaded carry is through the roof. You can go heavy for short distances. You can go moderate weight, moderate distances. You can go lightweight for long distances. There's so just so many incredible things you can do to modify. And I don't know one person who at some point in their life isn't going to pick something up and carry it. Now, I have some beef. There's a type of loaded load of carry where you cross the legs over. Why the hell is that called karaoke or grapevine? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Who decided that's what its name was going to be? Maybe they were trying to be clever, like carry and then karaoke, like carry and then okey is just, look, we made it stupid. Yeah, because to me, karaoke <laughs> is really poor singing while drunk at a bar. I think it actually means empty symphony. Does it? I think that's the literal translation of the word. <laughs> <laughs> Empty orchestra in Japanese. Empty that's orchestra. That's the translation. <laughs> All right. So Interesting. I've learned something today. Hey, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's a great way, uh, especially overhead karaoke or grapevine, uh, crossing the feet back and forth with lateral walk. Speaking of lateral, we could talk about planes of motion. We're going to geek out today, guys. Yeah, man. That's so, right. So you got the frontal plane as one. That's the side-to-side movements. You got the transverse plane. That's rotation. And then you have the sagittal plane, which is where most of our exercises happen. So biceps is sagittal, squats is sagittal. Most everything we do is in the sagittal plane. I think a lot of people leave frontal plane side-to-side movements out. And if those muscles, like your adductors, your abductors, and all those things are weak, you're at a greater chance of getting a knee injury, ACL, MCL, tears like that, because your joints don't have as much stability if you're only strengthening in the sagittal frontal or sagittal plane. Yeah. And actually I want to make a point that I probably should have said during the lunges, but whenever you're doing lunges, make sure you also address the plane of movement. So you can, if you do step ups again, those are great. Those are my favorite, but if you're going to do a lunge variation, yeah, you can lunge frontward or backward. Also don't forget you can lunge to the side. You can yep. do like a drop step lunge where you kind of, it's almost like a pivot. Just right? transverse. So, yeah. So you're going to go, you know, 45 degrees over your shoulder, so to speak. Yeah. Those are super important because in real life, you don't only move frontwards and backwards or directly side to side. You're moving on all types of planes of motion. And the better that stability is all around the knee, when you do take that misstep off the curb, you're less likely to tear something in your ankle. Exactly. Uh, I had a client years ago in her garage on Thanksgiving, misstepped, and it tore the tendon off her ankle bone. Oh my Um, goodness. How high was that step? I have no idea. Holy she didn't, smoke. I think what she said, she didn't realize there was a drop off. It wasn't her garage. Oh, okay. And, but so when I started working with her, one of the first things we did once it was healed enough was work balance. So that never happened again. Yeah. But all types of lunges are going to work on your balance and that can strengthen those muscles and tendons and ligaments. And so that that doesn't happen. Yep. And one, one more plug for the loaded carry here. That's going to do that as well. Literally every there's, I don't think, I guess you could argue the pec. But literally all other muscles in your body are working. If you're, if you have the proper technique, if you're breathing and bracing properly during a loaded carry, it's going to work everything. So I think if you pull the shoulder blades back and down and then try and get the lats engaged, the serratus interior engaged, I think you can get a little bit of pec just from that squeeze. Yeah. And I kind of train that with the deadlift. So when I have somebody approach the bar, yeah. uh, yep. I, I have them do shoulders back and down. I have them pull their arms in with the elbows locked and back. And yeah. when you come in and back, you get that lat serratus and chest activation yep. for additional support. 
So if you employ that with your loaded carry, I think you could even get the pecs. Yeah. Yeah. There it's you go. All around. It's just there a you great go. It's all encompassing. Yeah. Do you have any favorite core exercises, workouts, strategies, techniques? Yes. Loaded carries. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, man, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of, there's nothing wrong with it, but I don't personally enjoy direct ab work. And I know if I program it in for myself, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not. Because it's always going to come at the end of the workout, at least for me. It's always going to come at the end. I need to get to my kids. I need to pick them up. I got to get them from school or my wife's going to be home soon. I need to get dinner going, something like that. I'm just going to skip it every single time. So if I'm going to challenge my core, I'm going to hang from a bar and do some leg raises or some variation of that, or I'm going to do some type of a loaded carry. And, yeah. and, and that's it. And truthfully, I don't feel like I'm really missing anything, honestly, because I don't not as much into aesthetics. Again, name of the company's Dark Horse Performance. I would much rather have my core be able to support a heavy bar on my back and be able to support my low back whenever I'm pulling a heavier deadlift. I would much rather have that than I would. Maybe I look great in the midsection, but I can't really yeah. do very heavy compound movements because I don't know how to brace properly or I don't that type of thing. So I'm much more interested in that. Nothing wrong with aesthetics at all. If that's your focus, Go for it and don't stop till you get it. I want to look good naked. I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm just saying for me personally, I would much rather just have a strong core that can support a lot of weight and support yeah. the demands that I'm going to put on it. Yeah, I found if I do ab training, it can't be at the same time as my strength workout. It has to be separate and I'll keep it like five to seven minutes. Yeah. Is, is there something about Mary where they're like seven minute abs instead of six <laughs> minute abs? Yeah, yeah. One more minute, it's better. <laughs> but so what I usually encourage is a separate time then you can focus on your abs if you want to add that in. Keep it to five to seven minutes or make, make sure you get some posterior work done and you could do like a 20 to 30 minute core because core is really anything that attaches to the hips. Right, yes. Which is glutes, uh, hamstrings, low back, plus yes. your, all your abdominal muscles, obliques, internal, external, uh, rectus abdominis. Uh, so you can have a core specific focus like that, but I don't recommend focusing on just abs at the, at the same workout you're doing heavy deadlifts and bench yeah. press and all yeah. that. You're just wiped out. One of the most demanding things you can do for your core is do make sure you do weighted core work. Yeah. I know I know a lot of people, uh, to your point about ab work, I know a lot of people when they hear the word core work, they just think abs. Crunches. But, yeah, yeah. So, but oh, crunches. As you just talked about is way more than that, right? So make sure we're using some dumbbells, whatever, dumbbells, weight plates, hey, chains even. But you could use <laughs> sandbags, you could, whatever you have, but make yeah. sure you're weighting, you're overloading because you're, I mean, your core are muscles just like every other muscle. You wouldn't, you wouldn't not overload other muscles. So why are you not overloading core, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and there are ways to overload it without weight, like uh, ladders, uh, adding second more. But I think it, it is important to also challenge it with weight. And that's, yeah. again, a more real world scenario. Yep. So we're just about to wrap up here. If somebody wanted to get in contact with you, find the podcast, find your services, whatever, how would they? You could visit my website, darkhorseperformance.biz. You could also find me on Instagram, darkhorse.performance. I'm also on Facebook at Via Dark Horse. The Dark Horse Podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. You could also go to my website. I have a player embedded there. You can listen to it right from the website. Yep. And my final question I ask every guest, what are the top three things you would tell somebody to change their life in a positive direction? Top three things. So I'm going to go, if I can, I'm going to do one for nutrition, one for training, and one for just life in general. Let's go for it. it. If that's all right. So for training, I'm going to say strengthen your posterior chain. That's that booty. 
<laughs> and, and the back and the calves yeah, and, yeah. and the hamstrings. But. Yeah. Just because I, I, you get older as you continue to lift and all that, anything you can do to strengthen the posterior chain, number one, you're going to cut down on your chance of injury. Number two, your posture is going to be better. And number three, you're going to be more symmetrical in your strength. You don't only want to be strong on the front side, yeah. right? For yeah. nutrition, I'm going to say don't buy into the hype. There's, there is a lot of sensational headlines. Ketosis doesn't help you burn more fat necessarily than a calorie controlled diet. Intermittent fasting doesn't help you burn more calories necessarily than a calorie controlled diet, right? Those are simply tools. If you want to use those tools to help you get to your goal weight, then by all means, please do, but they're not any better. The research has shown, right? The literature is very spot on with this. Make sure you don't buy into any hype of if you do this one thing, you can lose all this weight or you can gain all this muscle. It's never like that. It takes a lot of consistency yeah. and a lot of hard work. Apple cider vinegar, give me abs. <laughs> yeah. No, probably just diarrhea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's, uh, and I, I get it. There are companies trying to make a buck. I understand, man, it's all business, but just please don't buy into the hype. If Find something that works for you and also understand that nutrition is highly nuanced. So you may even need to find a variation of something. So say you do decide to go keto and you're having a great time with it, but you notice there's one thing about it. You really wish you could have this, or you really wish you could change this, then change it. There's no like diet bylaw that says you have to strictly adhere to that particular thing. Find something you enjoy doing, find something you're going to be able to do years down the road. Sustainability. Yeah. Long-term adherence is everything, man. Yeah. I'm doing uh, intermittent paleto. That's, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's, that's a, intermittent fasting. There's a lot going on. Keto, just all at the same time. Yeah, that's, that's a lot going on there. <laughs> we were doing word mashups earlier, so I thought that'd yeah. be appropriate. And Why then what's not? the last thing? So the last thing is just for life in general is go 20 years down the road from today and make sure when you look back, you wouldn't be disappointed. If you've been talking about starting a business and you're waiting for the quote unquote right time. There's just, never a right time. Just go ahead and start it, man. <laughs> just go ahead and start it. If you, there's a personal relationship that maybe uh, you've been meaning to mend and you've been putting it off, don't stop putting it off. Like 20 years from now, you're not going to care. 20 years from now, you're not, you're going to look back and say, man, I wish I would have started the business or I really wished I would have reached out to that person or this person or yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, just in general, live fast forward 20 years down the road and look back and make sure you'd be okay with whatever you chose to do today. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing all of your knowledge. I've known you for years. You walk the walk, you talk the talk, and this is all sound information. I hope you guys have a chance to check out his podcast. And then if you enjoyed today's show or any other episode we've put out, what can really help other people find it is if you leave us a five-star review on Apple. And I'd love all the comments and emails we get of people that have gotten valuable information from that. And then in the future, look out for some big things to come. We got the app. We got a health challenge. We got tempered steel. Yeah. And it's going to be good stuff. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, go check us out at firewithinnf.com and sign up for Refuel, a weekly email with recipes, videos, and tips to stoke the fire within. Also, you can join the Fire Within community by being added to our Facebook group, and don't forget to follow us on social media.